say it together. Blessed Lord and Father, we have assembled in your name and in fellowship with one another. Enable us by your grace to offer the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, to proclaim and respond to your holy word, to teach us to pray for your world and your church, grant that we, confessing our sins, may worthily offer to you our souls and bodies as a living sacrifice, and eat and drink every spiritual food in this holy sacrament. Amen. Continuing now with our collection of purity on the same page, we say it together, Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires know, and from you no secret to him. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning, church. Happy Heritage Sunday. You should have a sheet of paper with some Negro spiritual at the back, some choruses. So if you if, if you don't have, there's some at the door, in the pew, or at the back door. So we're going to sing some of these Negro spiritual. Please sing along with us. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's, it's good enough for me.
Chosen. 
I speak to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Before, I'll st before I start, I will say I focus my reflection on the first half of the Gospel, but as we know, everything in the good news is relevant, so I'll proceed. The events of transfiguration presented to, the, presented to the disciples who were there a glorious sight. We are presented first with the familiar scene of Jesus on the mountain with some of his disciples. Jesus continues in his familiar routine of beginning with prayer. The event of transfiguration begins with Jesus. We are told that while Jesus was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Moses and Elijah appear. We are told that they too appeared in glory. And there they were, present before Peter, James, and John in the glory. As real as the person next to you, Moses and Elijah were both seen and heard talking with Jesus. A glorious event indeed, given that both these pillars of faith, both Moses and Elijah, had long ago ascended into heaven. The disciples present witnessed the three leaders of faith as they discussed the path ahead. This path ahead was already known to the disciples. They were told. Jesus has shared with them what was to come. To his disciples, Jesus said this, the Son of Man must undergo great suffering 
and be rejected by the elders, chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised again. The disciples of Jesus have been asked to follow him. Yet, as he stood yet as he stood before this glorious sight of the transfiguration, Peter says to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. The mission proclaimed was not to be here to make a dwelling. Indeed, the mission proclaimed called for a movement before his own Jewish community within the familiar setting of the synagogue Jesus proclaimed that in him the scriptures are to be fulfilled. Undeterred by the rejection of his message of hope, Jesus moved on towards crowds containing more diverse peoples. For Jesus himself declared, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. The important mission of Jesus moved many who were suffering to a state of dignity through healing. The important mission of Jesus moved those who believed they were outside of the promise of blessing to the realization that through our Lord and Savior Jesus, they are invited to share in the blessing. The disciples of Jesus Though answering their call to discipleship are moved from perhaps a state of awareness of the scriptures as they live their lives to living life shaped by the very presence of God near them. The twelve in particular were witnesses to the triumphs thus far from the kingdom of God emerging in their presence. As they followed Jesus across land and over water, perhaps the disciples of Jesus learned through the experience of discipleship that both that personal freedom is best used to glorify God. Yet, the event of transfiguration calls upon both our Lord and Savior Jesus and his disciples to move in a different direction. The path forward is the path of difficulty. The path forward leads to suffering. The path for Jesus, the path forward is to lead to the cross. Perhaps it is understandable then why Peter has called for a dwelling to be made there on the mountain. It is understandable why the disciples would be happy to stop there. They have seen only successes and shared the joy of healings, exorcisms, miracles, such as the overflow of fish, or likewise the overflow of fish and bread in the feeding of the 5,000. The disciples have not yet faced challenges. The hardships to be faced in the next phase following Jesus. Yes, they left their former homes to go forward to follow Jesus, but to this point, their needs have always been met. 
They have been able to share in the glory of God's presence through their proximity to Jesus. And now, in the moment of transfiguration, Moses and Elijah make an appearance in glory as well. Yet, the disciples are called to listen to him, who is the Lord and Savior, Jesus. This is a key point to consider, to reflect upon. For if they had followed their own hearts or the logic of their minds, given their witness to Moses, Elijah, and Jesus in their presence on the mountain, they would surely have stopped there. The kingdom of God would not, the, the kingdom of God proclaimed would have, would have not, through their cooperation and efforts, been realized with the disciples here motivated only by their internal voice. The call by Peter to erect a dwelling here on the mountain suggests the disciples wanted to stop now, at the point of joy. Yet, no people or peoples are defined by triumphs and joy alone. A people becomes a people through the shared experience of struggle. I would like now to use the words of Pope Francis from his book titled, Let Us Dream, in describing what it means to be a people. Speaking of all peoples, he says this, at the beginning of the story of every people is a quest for dignity and freedom, a history of solidarity and struggle. Speaking to the principal characters within our gospel story, he says this, for the people of Israel, it was the exodus from their slavery in Egypt. For the Romans, it was the foundation of a city. So again, at the, beginning of, uh, at the beginning of the story of every people is a quest for dignity and freedom, a history of solidarity and struggle. Speaking to Jesus, he says this, Jesus is a child of the Jewish people's history of grace, of promise, of redemption. His is a story of a people seeking liberation, conscious of his dignity, because God has appeared and come close and walked with them. Jesus comes to restore Israel to the remembrance of God's closeness, to return the peoples, to return the people, the, to return to the people, digni the dignity of the promise. Now, as I am new, as I am a new arrival to Nevis, I cannot at this time offer to you a proper telling of local division history and culture, as I am only now experiencing it. Yet, there are nonetheless signs, visible evidence around of the shared struggle faced by our four parents. I have read the words of the heritage sign posted at the St. Paul's, Paul's Parish in Charlestown. I have seen the road sign park, marking Nesbitt Plantation on my drive around the island. I have read tourist information, such as a brochure from the Nevis Historical Conservation Society, speaking to Nevis's discovery and the effect upon it of the colonial power's taste and desire 
for sugar derived from sugar cane. I can therefore appreciate the need to both recognize and celebrate both our heritage and the event of, of emancipation from the evil of slavery. I, however, believe that the event of transfiguration as described to us in our gospel lesson today and the fact that both events should fall on the same day presents us with an important question for our consideration. The question is this, what shall we do with our freedom now? The event, of the event of the Transfiguration marked a change in direction of the mission. But the objective of the mission has not changed. The mission is still a mission of liberation. The mission initiated by God the Father, the mission led by God the Son, is to go forward towards the ultimate symbol of oppression in the world. The most, powerful symbol of, the most powerful symbol and instrument of oppression in those days was the cross. The most, powerful sim, the most powerful spiritual force separating men and women from God is sin. Victory must be won over the cross. This victory is to be won over multiple fronts. For the spiritual forces against men and women are also to be defeated. For every person, emancipation from the personal bondage of sin is to be achieved. Through these victories, all peoples shall see the glory of our God. What greater visible example of glory of God can there be than victory over the world's most feared tool of oppression. What greater way is there to proclaim the kingdom of God than to defeat the kingdoms of the world and their instruments? Through Jesus, God the Son, all peoples are to be given a most compelling sign of hope. In Jesus, God's plan for our salvation has spoken, has, was spoken into action by God's own words when he said, You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Led by Jesus, and from the moment of transfiguration, God's plan of salvation enters into a different phase. As Simeon earlier and rightly prophesied, this child, now a man, this child, now a man, is indeed determined, destined, for the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. Those hostile to the kingdom of God proclaimed by Jesus. Those persons previously concealed in the background shall now make their way to the foreground. The disciples have good reason to fear. 
For they were told they must take up their cross and follow him who is their Lord and Savior, Jesus. All peoples of that day and time in history knew what the cross represented. The shadow, the shadow of the cross was cast far and wide over all the peoples. To these disciples then, words of encouragement were given. Words given by God the Father himself. Words spoken by God the Father endorsing this new part of the mission to be completed by God the Son. To the, to the disciples, these words of encouragement came through a voice in the cloud. The voice from above said this, This is my Son, my Chosen. Listen to Him. And if somehow there was still doubt, the Scriptures themselves endorsed this mission of God the Father, this mission to be completed by God the Son. From the book of Deuteronomy, we have these words from Moses. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You shall heed such a prophet. These words from the same Moses who appeared in glory along with Elijah and Jesus, where all three were heard in discussion regarding the way forward for Jesus. That all three were seen in glory and witnessed by the disciples gives an important lesson which should not be missed. Everything Jesus has done to this point has given glory to God the Father. Every act of healing, every exorcism, every manifestation of the overflow of God's grace in the world has both testified to the nature of grace itself and glorified God the Father. The disciples of Jesus, those called to follow him in the beginning, are told again at the event of transfiguration to follow him. What then can we say is the defining feature of the disciples of Jesus? The disciple of Jesus is he or she who chooses to live their life to glorify God. The disciple of Jesus has no other choice as, he, as this is the example set before him or her. The example set before us by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If during our own time of morning prayer we see these words, serve the Lord with gladness, these words are not a contradiction, but rather they are a personal invitation given to us to live every day and, and in every moment in such a way that glorifies God. On this particular Sunday, we are gathered as Christians, as sisters and brothers in Christ, and as, as Caribbean peoples, a diverse people we are. Yet, we are a people of shared heritage 
whether our birthplace is here or across the waters on a neighboring island. We are most likely connected by the same ancestry which saw our foreparents courageously persevere through the, through the inhumanity of slavery and oppression. By the grace of God, emancipation was won. Human dignity, which could only be realized through the gift of freedom, was realized. By His grace, life continued forward, and we are where we are today. But the challenge presented to the disciples of Jesus on the day of His transfiguration is still before us today as Christians. Perhaps this challenge, the challenge before us, can be best expressed through this statement. As, men, as women and men who willingly place their hope and trust in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we are called today and always to use our freedom to glorify God. The gift of our freedom is not to be for our own gain. In what way, in what way then, in what way then can we ensure our lives are lived giving God the glory? What changes in our life do we have to make to achieve this? What habits and life choices do we have to give up? What practices and disciplines should we take on? These are important questions to think about. So let us take a moment and think about them. Now I'll try to wrap this up. In the season of Epiphany, we observed and celebrated God's presence among us. God with us through Jesus, his son. If we were attentive, we would have noticed the work of Jesus beginning following his acts of prayer. If we were listening, we would, we would have heard the voice of the Heavenly Father pronouncing Jesus as the one to lead his mission. If we were listening to the voice of Jesus, we would have heard his mission is that of liberation and ultimately of gathering. Through Jesus, good news was to be given to the poor. Those held captive were to receive release. Those needing healing were to be healed. Those oppressed were to be freed. Through all these things, the glory of God was to be revealed. Jesus is to gather all peoples to himself. Through Jesus, the peoples are to be gathered to God. If we were following the earliest movement of God's mission put into action through Jesus, we would, have, we would have observed it to be a mission of grace. Grace offered by Jesus through healing, exorcism, feeding of the people, and teaching. 
Grace of God revealed through Jesus to the peoples through events such as the overflow of fish caught by the men who were to become the first disciples of Jesus. The grace of God experienced through Jesus through such events as the multiplication, multiplication of loaves and bread, of loaves of bread and fish, allowing for the feeding of many, gathered to Jesus on that particular day. The, the season of Epiphany revealed to us God's concern and ultimately his love for us, his creation. The event of transfiguration, however, signals a change in the mission, a change which, which can neither be ignored nor avoided. For in this part of the mission, Jesus begins his own journey towards the cross. The greater victory is to come. The disciples of Jesus are also to witness, the, sorry, the, the, the disciples of Jesus, who are also witnesses to grace revealed by Jesus, are asked to follow. In a few days, we will be asked to take the same journey as the church will enter into this season of Lent. But now and always, we are called upon both as Christians and as descendants of emancipated peoples to use our freedom to glorify God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
with Jesus Christ, our great high priest, who ever lives to intercede for us, we uphold all ministers of God's word and sacraments, that they may be fulfilled, that they may fulfill their high calling in the faith. Father in heaven, Hear our prayer. we pray for the unfailing guidance of the Holy Spirit on those who are called to interpret and expound the will of the Lord to others. Father in heaven, Hear our prayer. we pray for all organizations within the fellowship of the body of Christ, for their work, that their work may edify the people of God and hear faithful witness to the gospel. Father in heaven, we pray for all persons who do not share our confessions of faith, that with courage, truth, and love, we may work together with them and promote the common good. Father in heaven, for the leaders of our country and all who make decisions on our behalf, that they may be guided by the Spirit to direct our affairs in righteousness and peace. Father in heaven, for our judges, magistrates, and all who administer justice, that in all things they may seek to do your will and to protect the rights and freedom of your people. Father in heaven, in our schools and in all other places of learning, may true knowledge, sound wisdom, and godly discipline ever be found. Father in heaven, to the poor, the hungry, the unemployed, and all victims of persecution and discrimination of any kind. May God in Christ help us all to bring relief, justice, and protection. Father in heaven, to all who suffer now from pain and disease, from human discomfort and misery, may God in Christ bring healing and joy for the renewal of their faith. Father in heaven, that we may use aright the fullness of the earth, that our pursuits in science and the advancement of our skills may ever be in service of the true humanity which is created in the image of God. Father in heaven, that we may never become the slaves of money or of the lust for power, but may rather strive for victory through the power of love. Father in heaven, that with all who belong to the communion of saints, both living and departed, we may ever rejoice in the blessed assurance of that hope which has been won for us in Christ. Father in heaven,
life to the glory of your name. Amen. Turning briefly to page 39 for the response of Set Us Free. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Turning to page 125, please 4B to page 125. If you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come offer your gift.
through Jesus Christ our Lord, be a light which shines a path forward on the other path, be wisdom to them, guide them in every aspect of, of what they're doing in their daily lives, protect them from the things that are in danger, give them wisdom, give them your love, give them signs each and every day of your warmth and your grace and your love and your care for them. We ask this in the name of our, of our Heavenly Father. Amen. Corinthians 13, 4 to 8a. 
recessional him, 245, 245. <laughs> 